Hello guys, welcome to our show. Today we discuss about pillar-based marketing and we are going to unite with ACO. I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Brian Brock. How are you? Hey, I'm doing well. How are you today? I'm doing great. I love learning something new and I found that I'm student on this life and people think that I have this podcast to grow my brand. No, guys, I'm learning like you. <laughs> uh, that's <Ryan>. amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's how I mean, that's how I got my start in marketing was like, uh, I, I, wanted, I wanted to write. I wanted to be a writer and I wanted to learn about like how people made money on the internet back when that was a thing, you know, back when like not everybody knew it. I mean, we're talking like 2009, 10, 11. And I would like write articles about people in order to uh, get a, just get an interview with them because I wanted to pick their brain and learn what they had to tell me. And as long as I wrote a really flattering article about them, people were always happy to teach me whatever I wanted to know. Nice, nice. Love it, love it. I love writing as well. And I think writing is the foundation of any content, especially about SEO, because Google scans text and we need to have high quality text. And I see when webmasters create nice looking design, but the text is generic, so basic. Nobody is interested to consume this text. Ryan, before we start, just tell me about your self-experience background and why you pay attention to pillar-based marketing? Yeah. So um, like I said, I am by passion, uh, a writer, a fiction writer. Uh, I always saw myself being someone who would publish stories and novels and things like that. And I've done a little bit of that. Um, but when I graduated from college and wanted to figure out my career and wanted to actually make money writing, I realized that like it's a long uphill battle to actually get paid for your creative work. So um, did a little bit of work in some digital publishing, like a startup idea for a digital publishing company, and eventually found that in marketing, people were paying money for writers to write content for something called SEO, search engine optimization that I didn't know anything about. And um, that, if you did it well and you wrote engaging content, people would, would pay you for it. So I actually began interviewing people to learn about SEO and in writing nice articles about them, got offers to work and offers to start writing uh, for SEO purposes. Now, this is back in the day when like nobody cared if a human being wrote what you or read what you wrote. It was all about write it, stuff it full of keywords make it you know look good for the robots and if somebody reads it that's fine too but you really just want the traffic um but in any case i i was able to really quickly go from an individual freelancer to uh starting my own agency so i started an agency called metonymy media um, and for a little over 10 years i hired other creative writers like myself people who wanted to tell stories and knew how to do it effectively and we just we did digital marketing of all kinds and especially SEO. And over the years, uh, served Fortune 500 companies all the way down to probably Fortune 50 companies, uh, large businesses, small businesses, every industry, every type, and learned that, you know, just like I think the rest of the world learned over that time, that engaging people with, with effective, valuable writing was the key to success when it comes to uh, to ranking online for anything and driving uh, SEO results. So um, eventually I discovered Demand Jump, which uh, was in the middle of transitioning from an analytics plat software platform to a platform designed to analyze search behavior to help you decide what topics to write about in your SEO. And uh, loved what I saw and started working very closely with their team on what I saw as a completely new methodology 
for content marketing that sort of threw out a lot of the old trappings of SEO, the things that we think, you know, gotta check a box and I got to do this. If I want to succeed at SEO, I got to do this. We realized that actually based on the data we were able to access and the way we analyze that data, search behavior data versus keyword data, which you would find in a SEO tool, we were able to actually drive results that were nothing like I'd seen in my, in my decade plus of serving clients with SEO services. So um, eventually after about 18 months, Demand Jump bought my agency. I sold my agency to them and then came on board and joined. And the first thing I really set out to do once I joined was to write the book on what we were calling pillar-based marketing, which is this new methodology. Nice, nice. You know, I love reading books. For me, you know, it's the best format ever. You know, if you want to learn, it's important. And I think it's like must have, must read all books because, uh, not all books, uh, great books because, uh, I found, you know, for example, uh, content creators usually spend uh, like a few hours or a few days to write an article, to film a video, to record a podcast. But writing books uh, demands a lot more time, you know, like six months, a year. So yeah. that's why it's like foundation of human psychology and uh, all content probably can be obsolete in one day. But, you know, I like uh reading books uh from jack london written 100 years ago from josh ugerman he wrote uh, his amazing books like 40 years ago because the foundation of human psychology is the same we can use uh, tips insights from all these books and implement uh, them today uh, for example when i read book uh, from josh ugerman how to retain the audience and he wrote this book about uh, marketing, not digital marketing, but I can use all these tips today, yeah. you know, in digital marketing because people are the same, you know. We, technologies can change, but people have the same, uh, I don't know, mentality. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah, no, I, and I, I, that's actually, I've never realized that more than I do now in writing this book uh, because we, we wrote this book last year over about six months and we published it just about a month ago and AI wasn't something we thought about six months ago. You know what I mean? Like AI wasn't even part of our, our thought process yet. Here's a brand new book about like the future of SEO and we're not even talking about artificial intelligence. So it's just amazing how fast things move. But at the same time, I think like I feel really good about how we decided my co-author Christopher Day and I, um, that we were going to focus on the high level thought process. Like in order to succeed with SEO in 2023, we believe, and it's a belief that's based on a lot of data and a lot of testing um, and a lot of really good case studies that prove what we, what we think is at least for now, the way to go. Um, mm -hmm. But in order to succeed, you have to do some mindset shifts. You have to stop thinking about SEO the way you have been for a long time. And then, of course, there's the back half of the book where we dive into how do you actually do this? How do you use data and technology to in inform what you're doing? That may change over the next few years, like you said. That, that's going to that's gonna evolve. But those mindset shifts, and here's how you've been thinking yeah. about SEO, why it doesn't work, and how you need to think about it. I hope those are going to be a little bit more long-lasting. Mm -hmm. Nice. Ryan. I want to ask the first question about your book. You know, I found that many books are great for sleeping. You know, when you have problem with sleep, you can take a new boring book, read it, <laughs> sleep yes. well all night. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's yeah. true. Uh, but, but if I take 
books from I don't know any uh, great authors like uh, uh, let's take uh, Jack London. You know uh, any mm. book. If I take any of his book, I can feel that I'm part of the journey. I can feel it that I take part on uh, this book. You know, uh, my mind is uh, another place. Uh, and uh, uh, I found that uh, by reading this book, I can forget about water, meal, sleep, anything. Because I, I live on this book. Mm. And uh, uh, But I found many business books are boring yeah valuable but boring once i had the conversation with jim edwards uh, he worked in business insider 10 years he started on this company from scratch then company was sold for 500 million dollars good success uh, well-known brand and he told me success of business insider depends on creating non-boring content because if you are talking about business it's boring but uh, business insider found the way how to make uh, to provide some entertainment, uh, not mm. boring. Can you tell or give a strong reason to me and my audience? Because, you know, I have a huge list of books that I need to read. I have no time to read all of these books, probably a teeny percent, but I love reading books. Can you give me a strong reason to read your book? What kind of benefits can I get by reading your book and tell your methods of sharing stories? Yeah, that's a great question. Thank you for asking it. Um, like I said, at my core, I'm a storyteller. I am, uh, I'm a writer, uh, fiction writer. I love telling stories. And so even though this book is designed to empower the reader to drive measurable and remarkable SEO results, um, it needed to tell a story. It can't just be a list of how to's, right? So, you know, you get in there and the first chapter uh, of the book is called Marketers Don't Sleep. And it's about me as an, as an agency owner. It's like a snapshot in time, owning a content marketing agency and just being anxious, out of my mind, worried about how every time I bring on a new client, um, I have to convince them to give me six months or a year to develop content, to start putting it out there and driving new traffic to their website, new organic traffic. And we all accept that, right? That's something that if you're in SEO, you know, it takes time, but it's really hard to sell that. It's really hard to run a business that way and to say, you don't know me. I don't know you, whatever I've done to convince you to buy from me at first. Um, that's great. And so we're going to, we're going to follow our gut and we're going to learn as much as we can about your audience. We're going to do some research and we're going to write content and we're going to hope that 10% of it six months from now is ranking on page one and actually driving real results. Um, but that doesn't always work out and it takes six months to get to that point. So the amount of times I, as an agency owner, even though the work we did was amazing. The creative work was fantastic. Uh, we did just as well as anybody else when it came to SEO results. Um, I, it just, it was hard. And and it was, it felt a little bit like, uh, like we were just churning through customers because one out of every two or three that we got was like, yeah, I'm willing to see this through to the end. I'm willing to see what happens when we invest in content in the long time frame on the long horizon. But uh, another equal or greater chunk of people are like, why am I going to keep spending money on blogging when I'm not seeing any results from it? 
Um, and I would say, just wait. And they're like, so your solution to me not being happy is to just keep spending more money on you and, and, and wait. And like, that's not a good, uh, comfortable, easy position to be in as somebody who has to pay his employees and has to run a business. And I think that's why a lot of marketing agencies out there don't just focus on content. They focus on other things like paid advertising, uh, where there's a little bit of instant gratification. You put a dollar in, you get some traffic out. You see that right away. Um, but I, I knew that if I was going to really connect with my audience, my readers in this book and really understand or help them understand why pillar-based marketing is so revolutionary, we had to start not with the intellectual concepts of why SEO is broken, but with the feeling. Like, what did that do to me? I mean, I, I, when I started my agency, I had a full head of hair. It was glorious blonde hair. And by 26, 27, it was all gone. Um, and it's because I was just really, really stressed about all this. And I think that like, there's a certain amount of stress that marketers have come to expect when it comes to like organic content and SEO. And so we invest in other places. So the first, the first answer to your question to sum all that up is it tells a story. It's going to make you feel things. It's going to actually put you in in a journey where, you know, chapter one is me saying I couldn't sleep at night as a marketer because I didn't know how I was going to succeed. And then my co-author, who is a serial entrepreneur, CEO, uh, you know, just a, a business leader, his chapter is called marketers are a waste or marketing is a waste of money. <laughs> so it's just like that, like we, we were coming together in this pillar based marketing world from like two different but kind of similar standpoints where I'm like, mm, I, I can't convince everybody to spend money on this. And then my, my co-author who eventually was the person who bought my company from me was saying, yeah, I don't trust marketers because I, I just spend a lot of money and I don't really see what's happening. And so we, we go on that journey. We talk about the changes, but more importantly, we empower you with step-by-step -step practical guidance on, okay, if you're used to spending six months or a year waiting for content you write to rank and start driving organic traffic, we will tell you exactly what to write. And in a matter of a week, you'll start seeing page one rankings showing up. And within six weeks, you'll, you'll see dozens, if not hundreds of page one rankings. And that's surely on the back of content, no backlinking, no complicated uh, keyword research. It's all very simple, very automatic, and it's very, very data-driven. And so it's reliable. And so like setting up that feeling of hopelessness that comes with trying to guess at what to do with SEO and then paying it off with this sense of hope and, and promise that, look, we're at a point now, you know, my company is at a point now where I can publish a new campaign a new pillar strategy with just 20 pieces of content or so. The last one we did was 28 pieces of content. Within six weeks, we had 500 page one rankings. Can you imagine the amount of traffic that is? We, mm -hmm. we did the calculation. That's worth like $130,000 a year, the amount of traffic that those rankings drove. And we, we paid maybe 10% of that to develop this strategy and this content. So the ROI is insane. And I think it's just, I, I think it's a good book and it's a good journey because it takes you from the lowest of the lows to the highest of the high and hopefully sets you up to go there yourself. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Looking forward to read this book, guys. I'll submit the link to this book in the description. So I'll recommend you can see a lot of value. Okay. Ryan. I have the question about creating the right strategy. Uh, and I found that many webmasters uh, pay so much attention to getting 
ranking positions and traffic. But uh, today it's more important to get sales, not traffic. And mm. I had a great example from Webmaster who lost uh, 400,000 traffic because Google dropped his ranking positions, but he didn't lose any sales. So he got a lot of traffic, so much traffic. But this traffic didn't convert, didn't bring customers. Uh, and I see when uh, webmasters uh, use keyword research, SEMrush, Ahrefs, Moz, uh, Uber suggest, doesn't matter. Uh, so they use tools to find keywords when they see volume. They, yep. uh, I think it's a big trap, you know, when they yes. see volume, they, they want to get this traffic. Oh, I want to yes. rank it. But uh, let's take the keyword, for example, SEO. Uh, if I want to promote keyword SEO, I need to compete with Neil Patel, Moz, many big brands, websites that deserve this uh, ranking position. And uh, it's hard. It's so, so extremely hard. But it doesn't mean that I can sell SEO services by having this keyword. Right, but, right. Uh, yeah. Can you tell how to create the right strategy considering pillar topics? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So when it comes to pillar-based marketing, like one of the first mindset shifts is um, to think about not funnels that you build around individual keywords or or these high-value terms that you want to ring for, but instead to think in a network philosophy, to think about like the journey of any customer as resembling a spider web more than it resembles uh, a funnel. When we talk about ranking for something that's highly competitive, like SEO, or let's make it a little bit easier on ourselves. And let's just say, let's say content marketing, for example, let's say content marketing. We want to rank for that. We're still up against the same people you talked about. We're up against, you know, HubSpot. We're up against uh, SEMrush, Ahrefs, Content Marketing Institute, lots of big names. If I were to go into SEMrush and I were to look at content marketing is a keyword. It's going to look great. Like you said, it's going to have a really high search volume and uh, it's also going to have a high competition score, but it's going to have a lot of search volume. Um, and if I look at the recommendations for like, you know, ideas of what to write about next, that's, that's similar to that. I'm also going to be incentivized, not just by the, the metrics that I'm seeing to choose those high volume terms, but even the recommendation engine of SEMrush itself is incentivized to show you what it thinks you want to see, which is high volume terms, unless you tell it to, to sift and, and show you like low competition terms, for example. And that's what a lot of smart SEOs do. They'll, they'll do a blend of, I'm going to look for some high volume terms that look like they have a high purchase intent. And I'm going to work on those and I'm going to target content around each one of those keywords. And then I'm going to mix in some low uh, low competition, long tail terms that are just easier to rank for. All of that is wrong. And, and it leads to the situation that you're talking about where you've suddenly got tons of organic traffic coming in because you've been publishing content for how long and you have a ton of these, these long tail keywords that are low competition, but they don't necessarily convert. What we do in pillar-based marketing is we say, forget about those metrics completely. And this is what my tool, Demand Jump, allows you to do automatically. We say, actually, let's start with that content marketing term. And let's understand how Google itself analyzes the relationship between that term and other similar terms. If you were to search for content marketing right now, 
you're going to see maybe a few ads. You're going to see one or two results. And then you're going to see what? Questions that people also ask. You're going to see people also ask these questions. And then you get to the bottom of the first page and you're going to see recommended searches. So you got questions and you got other searches to go down. Google's recommending those to you because it knows that more often than not, someone who searches for content marketing then goes and searches for one of these terms. Well, if we take a look at those terms and then we see what the recommended next steps are on each of those pages, we've suddenly got like 150 terms to look at. If we do that one more time, look at all the recommendations on all those pages, we've got thousands and thousands of recommended terms to sift through. And it's enough for like a machine learning algorithm to say, wait a minute, there's, there's patterns here. There's patterns across these recommendations that Google's making. And what those patterns reflect is connectedness. I think back to the spider web metaphor, people don't move from the top of a bottom to a funnel. Everyone moves around in a non-linear fashion. When you are looking for information, you start up here, you go down here, you go over here, you go over here, you, you just go all over and you, you go back and forward in, this, in the buying process and learning process. What we found is that we can actually calculate how likely it is for a term, a keyword, <coughs> to appear across many different, otherwise unrelated buying journeys, which means that we can tell you among all of these thousands of next searches, recommendations that Google makes, these ones here are the ones you need to write about. If you write about those, what you're doing is you're maximizing your likelihood of actually connecting with every single customer because you've written content that covers that portion of the spider web where people are more likely to go. So in general, when I, when I tackle a term like content marketing, um, like this was actually the, the first pillar that we ever did from scratch after learning a lot about it. The first time we said, let's just challenge ourselves to, to target a really, really tough term uh, with this pillar-based marketing approach and see what happens. We targeted content marketing. We used our tech to find what are all the most important questions and keywords people are searching for around that. And we translated that into a pillar strategy for content. It starts with a pillar page based on uh, that keyword content marketing, about 3000 words long. We have sub pillar pages that are on related and similarly short tail topics like um, uh, content marketing examples, content marketing writers, uh, types of content marketing, things like that. Those are about 2000 words long. And then connected to each of those sub pillars and each of the pillars was uh, just blog posts that answer questions. Um, what kind of content should my website have? You know, that might be a question that's the real world question that we didn't find in SEMrush and say that looks good, but we, we learned statistically is an important question to answer. By writing all of these, by targeting each of those keywords and then looking into that network, again, a spider web where you think about terms spatially, they're related to each other in terms of what are the different ways people could move around and learn about a topic, you suddenly can actually automatically create guidance around not just what terms you should focus on for your articles, but then within those articles, what way do you take the article? Which specific questions do you answer within that article? If you link that content together in the right way, you're suddenly asking Google not to rank a single page of your website, but you're ranking a network. It's an entire network of content that mirrors exactly Google's own recommendations 
for what people search. What that means is you're giving your readers the absolute best user experience possible, and Google sees that. And they see that not only in the structure of your website, but they see it in how people engage with your content because each individual page is designed to answer the questions most likely to be asked by someone interested in that topic. You've suddenly got yourself uh, just a really high quality, super helpful, super useful, super appropriate network of content that allows users to go through it however they want to do uh, to learn about the information. And then in turn, for example, in this first example, uh, we did like 87 pieces of content around content marketing. Within uh, just a few weeks, we had over 100 page one rankings. And now it's been about a year and a half, maybe two years. We're like well over 900 page one rankings on this topic. Um, and it's because it's not an individual keyword that you're targeting. It's not an individual piece that you're trying to rank, but it's an entire network. So that's the mindset shift to stop thinking about topics as a list of keywords that you pull together because they look good to you. Instead, think about what the market for information is around the topic you care about, the real world market of which search behavior is a really strong indicator. Look at that information, build your strategy around what people are actually asking about, not just what you think looks good. You're going to win every time. And of course, it's a very complicated uh, activity, but that's why we built Demand Jump. So we can actually analyze that search behavior and then turn out a strategy in about 10 minutes. We can we can analyze all the search for behavior and tell you exactly what's right in about 10 minutes. So it's very fast. And then, of course, when you write all that content, uh, you publish it all at once. That's the other part of the strategy that is so different from how other people do this. If you if you write, we, we recommend starting with 16 pieces of content. That's sort of how you build the network effect. And if you write 16 pieces of content, you hold until you have it all done. And then you publish it at once. Because again, you're not trying to get any one piece of content to rank. You're trying to get the entire network to rank. So you treat it as a network rather than an individual piece. And that's how you actually start proving your authority on a topic you care about. Nice, nice. Yeah, like it, like it. So valuable. Yeah, you know how to <laughs> provide long, uh, detailed answers. And uh, Ryan, I have the question about uh, authority. You mentioned about authority. And we have this parameter EEAT, expertise, experience, authority, trust. Uh, and uh, for my SEO course, uh, Lily Ray wrote a checklist uh, for you know uh, how to check out this parameter. Uh, I don't want to say how much I pay her, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, the, you know, this uh, course costs uh, like $10, $20, not a lot, because uh, my, yeah. uh, my, my, my goal was to uh, help someone uh, to understand SEO, because, you know, for example, I found that I usually get uh, much better results with customers who understand SEO so we can cooperate together it's not like to give the task to specialists and uh, uh, they will provide something uh, some secrets I don't know some secret methodology it's more like a cohesive job uh, because uh, SEOs can't go ahead without high quality content let's talk about EEAT can you tell uh, how it's important today because 10 years ago I had a team of copywriters who wrote about anything I gave them topics, weight loss, finance, everything. They wrote Google rank. Today, I have no this team. Google fired all these people uh, because today I need to get content from experts. Can you tell how it's important today to uh, add content from experts on in, uh, for your pillar topics? 
and how to highlight that this content uh, was written by experts who know how to share value and help others. It's it's I mean it's it's everything. I mean, everything Google has done, especially over the last six to ten months, has been to prove that they are all in on expertise, authority, experience, trust, all of these things. Uh, but more importantly, they're just they just want people to be helpful. Like you said, like that's the, the helpful content update, the spam update. These are all name specifically to show you that like you can't just throw crap out there and hope it's going to rank you have to actually have a voice um you know the writers at, at my agency and now my team um they are some of the most talented writers uh in the world and and their job isn't to be experts on every topic their job is to find expertise uh, most often just in the, in the customers that we're writing for, right? Like if you're writing for a client, that person, I love what you said about having to like collaborate together. Like it's important. Um, someone can't just come to you. Like I would always be asked when I ran my industry, like what kind of business do I like to work with? What's my favorite? And I would say my favorite is one that has an actual story to tell. Like it, I don't care what the industry is. I don't care what they're doing, but do they have like a founder or an expert that's actually trying to change the way people do something? Are they, are they coming at a problem from a different angle if so that's a really good use case for content marketing thought leadership and seo because you're going to have somebody who has something different to say and if that's something different is actually helpful it has a real shot at engaging people better than content that's just sort of like thinly researched and uh and surface level and if that's the case then then people are gonna they're gonna stay on your content longer they're gonna read your pages more google's gonna see that you have a good experience which even, even that, I mean, experience is, is sort of where people talk about technical SEO, but it's also about like, do people care? Do they like what they see when they come to your page and do they stay? Um, those are all important metrics. And the more that you can focus on that, the better. And that's why, like, you know, we're talking about AI in content all the time where I'm seeing questions pop up here on the screen about it. Um, I think AI can be extremely helpful if you know what that search behavior network looks like, and you actually can can figure out what exactly you need to write about. AI can be really helpful for helping you understand like which questions you need to answer that really need authoritative responses versus the ones that like an AI is probably going to do a pretty good job of answering. So don't bother competing. I think AI can help you with research and summarize what the other top content on uh, on the internet has to say about a certain topic so that you understand what you're competing against to take the top spot. Um, but I think relying on AI to be your writer, to be the, the, the sole creative output of your content means that you're not going to be an expert. You're not going to be authoritative because you don't have anything new to say. You're, you're just taking what else is already out there on the internet and scraping it. So if you have an expert who's able to take that sort of starting point and then add a layer of their expertise on top of it, you might have something there. But now more than ever, whether it's your writers or it's a th subject matter expert working with writers to develop content, you need to make sure that you're not only saying something that is unique and truly helpful, but that you're saying something people care about. Because if you think a topic is interesting, but your audience doesn't, it doesn't matter how helpful what your content is. No one's ever going to find it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nice, nice. Yeah, I agree. Uh, by the way, I disagree with ACOs who tell that, uh, you know, that all 
AI written content is useless because it depends. It depends if you are writing a blog post uh, in competitive niche. Uh, probably yes, you need to provide manual job to uh, provide deep research. Uh, but many pages uh, like I don't know the website statista.com. Uh, you know, uh, so many pages with numbers, data, and uh, I personally promote some pages uh, with AI written content for uh, conversions, predictions. Uh, so if you have these dynamic pages, that's okay. You can rank them, you know, uh, because Google and Bing don't care a lot that was written by human or uh, AI. They care about quality. If you can create quality with AI, do it. <laughs> you know. So yeah, very simple. Uh, we have the question about the strategy. What strategy we should use uh, to effective keyword mapping in our website? Yeah, so the pillar-based marketing strategy is is it. Um, I, I've been doing this forever. I've been doing this almost as long as SEO has been a concept. And um, there's not a real methodology for SEO. Uh, so many people have so many different methodologies that are more little little checklists or tips or ways to think about keywords. But pillar-based marketing as a whole is a methodology. It's got repeatable steps that you can take. And it all starts with where you get your keywords. Um, whether you start with just Google itself and focus more on the recommendations Google makes around the topics that you want to write about, or you use a tool like the man jump, which is going to give you data that you're not getting from anywhere else. And that's why it's so hard to be in my position because I'm teaching a methodology and pushing a methodology, but we know, I mean, people have tried to implement this methodology with SEMrush, for example, and it doesn't work because the, the data is, is wrong for it. And the way that keywords are recommended are wrong for it. So to me, it's like, whether you use demand jump or not, find a way to look into, into keywords, not based on volume, not based on competitiveness, but based on connectedness. How many times does that keyword show up in Google's recommendations for future searches across a lot of different topics that are relevant to your core topic? Um, that kind of analysis lends itself to the pillar strategy for content. Um, you know, writing pillar pages, sub pillar pages, blog posts in topic clusters. It just lends itself to that very well. We've got more specificity around how to do that in the book. I really, really recommend that you pick it up and read it. Um, it's going to give you, it's in just a few hours, you're going to be able to read through this book and it's going to give you uh, just a step-by-step -step guide for, for changing the way you, you do your keyword research and build your strategies as a result. Uh, but again, if you're building keyword lists and then using those keywords as the focus for articles, there's so much bias that comes in there because you think it looks like a good question. You think that it's, uh, got a high search volume, so you're going to benefit from it or, you talk to your sales team and one of them said that that question is one they hear a lot from customers. Well, maybe that's true, but what about the other questions they're not bringing to the table? And what if their customers are not truly representative of the whole market? There's so many what ifs that come with this method of individually choosing keywords that if you forget all that, you just say, what does the market, what does the market care about? And, and the way that I think you need to do that is looking at Google's own recommendations. Their recommendations for next searches is where you're going to find that related connected uh, framework for choosing keywords. And in my experience, it doesn't matter what industry you're in, uh, what vertical, what you're doing, 
um, if you build your content strategy off of that kind of thought process, you're going to drive a lot of new organic traffic in a very short amount of time. And it's going to be better traffic back to the point that you made before. And it's only totally about, um, you know, you can drive a lot of traffic, but if you don't get a lot of customers, it doesn't matter. Well, we found that uh, in pillar-based marketing leads that come in for, through organic content, they close in a third of the time as paid leads because those leads are better informed because our content better aligns to what they're actually looking for. So this is both a methodology for driving more traffic and for driving better traffic. Because again, I don't care if I write a pillar around content marketing, I don't care if I'm on page one for the term content marketing. It's so broad. It's so like, you don't know anything about people who are searching for that term. They could be looking in, they could be there's a million things they could want with that. But the term like, how do I choose keywords for, for SEO? That's a term that I want to rank on page one for, because that's a person who needs my help. And that's the difference. And that's what you find with this methodology. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I think Principe Pareto, 20% of pages bring uh, 80% of results. Yeah. That's normal. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, I have the question about your experience. I have students in my network who are looking for ways how to learn from scratch. Uh, let's imagine you didn't write a book. You didn't found uh, agency, nothing. Just started completely from scratch. What will you do today to learn more about SEO? It's really not a whole lot different from what I would have done, you know, however many years ago. It's, it's just go on the internet and, and search for it, read about it. <laughs> I think I am incredibly biased and, and I know that like I sound like an idiot, but um, I would start with my book because it's, it's going to be a shortcut through a lot of stuff. Um, a lot of what you learn out there about SEO feels important, but it isn't like how you do backlinking or keyword cannibalization or keyword density. All these concepts that people talk about, they're not real. They don't exist. They don't matter. Uh, what matters is alignment to customer journey. So if you want to skip to the end and the good part, I recommend picking up this book. If you just want to learn about the broad industry of, of SEO, because you don't know me and you don't trust that I'm telling you the truth, which is completely reasonable, by the way, um, you know, like go to HubSpot, go to LinkedIn, find those courses that they offer. Um, uh, take on a totally's course here. Just look for trustworthy people that aren't telling you that there's a shortcut. That's, that's the big thing. Like you want people who say, I've got data, I've got, evidence i can back up my claims with with real world examples and i understand what it means to be authoritative and that means being human and engaging with people there is no shortage of content out there that'll help you do that and learn some of the more technical ins and outs along the way mm -hmm. yeah nice nice i agree it's important to learn and guys more important to implement to test to practice yeah. <laughs> Because you can take any course, you can listen any podcast, watch a bunch of videos, but if you do nothing, you get nothing. You know. Uh, yeah, it's and it's and yeah. it's it's easy to like try the first thing that you run into, and if it doesn't work great, just think, well, then SEO sucks. SEO is bad. That's not necessarily the case. <laughs> I had the advantage of learning SEO while also running a content marketing agency, which meant I kind of got to like sell content, and then as I and then test out new things as I went. That was an advantage I had where I was already getting paid to try out new SEO. Um, but 
just do as much as you can. I think that's the best advice ever. Like try things and see what works and see what doesn't, because if you don't try, you can't learn. Yeah, I agree. I, I made a lot of mistakes. I keep doing them, you know, in ACO, <laughs> but I don't know another way how to learn because everyone starts from uh, best practices, generic strategies, then we can move on to adapt and find something that will actually work for specific project. Ryan, and my final question about the future. You know, uh, uh, we still get this question, SEO is dead. And uh, I think, you know, my prediction, SEO will be dead. But uh, I don't know how long does it take. It takes uh, a few decades, you know, to, uh, you know, to destroy something, to change habits, uh, to replace with something else. So uh, can you give your prediction about SEO and how people can adapt today to to the possible future oh, well i think people need to be paying attention to broader movements in the market now more than ever um, i think over the next few months especially we're going to see radical shifts in in the way not just like buyers but any human being looks for information about something as as ai becomes a, a bigger part of our lives we're gonna we're gonna have to understand um, that there are some kinds of information that we don't care if a brand tells me about that information. Like I'm not looking for a company to teach me. I'll take what the AI says and I'll just accept it because it's easy and it's objective and it's clean. But I think that even as AI gets better until it completely surpasses us until we get to the level of like artificial general intelligence, um, we're just not in a place where an AI can answer everything. We're not in a place where a simple algorithm can solve every problem. Like there are, there are questions that people have that require complex answers. They require answers that are technical in nature or that are opinion driven and could vary from what another person has to say, or they're culturally rooted. And, you know, someone in one culture might not appreciate what's being said by an answer in another culture. Um, those are all reasons why I think that like the need for experts to continue producing content is going to be there. It's going to be there for a long time. How, how long the current state is going to exist. I don't know, but I know that it's in even, you know, Google and other large tech companies, best interests to not completely alienate those of us who are still producing original content because without it, their AIs have nothing to learn from. They've got nothing to train on. There will be no new information. If we just skip right to, well, the AIs can just crawl what's already out there and that's it. So like really the best thing to prepare is like, watch how people are changing. Watch how people in your industry are changing, how they learn about things and then become as thoughtful as you can about what you devote your time and energy to, to talking about in your content is, is, uh, if a topic is so basic that a machine could do it, maybe not, maybe don't put your resources there. Even if it seems important, maybe, maybe focus on where you can have a voice that nobody else can have. I think it's going to future proof you for a long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nice. Nice. I agree. I think guys, if you have experience by creating high quality content for SEO, uh, for a human being, because uh, without, human being you can't get SEO results uh, it doesn't matter what kind of future will be TikTok will be banned SEO will be dead 
you have experience to create high quality content and content is king and it doesn't matter where you submit this content people will consume it uh, so we can repurpose content at any platform ryan it's a big pleasure to get on my show to learn from you tell our audience the best way how to keep learning from you how to reach out to you how to follow you yes yeah, so uh Find me on LinkedIn, linkedin.com slash IN slash Ryan dash M dash Brock. You can also search for my, my weekly newsletter on LinkedIn called the pillar column because I'm completely unoriginal. That's a pun in English for our uh, English as a second language audiences who might not pick it up because uh, pillars and columns, are the same thing. Anyway, um, talking about pillar, pillar, uh, pillar based marketing stuff on a weekly basis, um, and, uh, beyond that, uh, again, check out the book pillar-based marketing, a data-driven methodology for SEO and content that actually works. Nice. Nice guys. You can oh, find uh, Oh, and I got, yeah. and I got to say page one or bus podcast. I, I always forget that I am a host of a podcast <laughs> page <laughs> one or bus podcast. It's, it's, it comes out every other week. It's amazing. We talked to some of the biggest, uh, minds in the, in the world about marketing and go-to-market strategy and SEO in particular. So. Nice guys, I'm going to subscribe to this podcast. I'm going to read this book because I can see a lot of value. I recommend to anybody else keep learning, but don't forget to practice, implement, uh, take a risk, experiment, then the results will come. Okay, guys, love you. See you.